Hey guys, I'm Brandy C, and you're listening to episode 69 of Design Speaks. This week is part two of Michelle and I's interview with Enneagram expert Chris Hewerts, author of The Sacred Enneagram. If you don't know much about who he is and what he does, I suggest you listen to episode one if you have not already. Um, there was lots of really great information in that first interview portion. So if you guys have not listened to that yet, if you're just kind of jumping in, um, if this is your first podcast or anything else, I suggest that you listen to a few other episodes before you listen to this one, but also make sure to listen to part one of this interview with Chris Hewitts. So Michelle and I had a great time talking with him and we hope that you guys enjoy this second half of our interview. Welcome to Design Speaks. This lovely podcast is brought to you by a graphic design geek and a regular human being, aka a non-designer. We're here to chat about music, pop culture, cool places, and basically whatever we feel is relevant. So you mentioned um, you mentioned music a little bit ago when you were talking about um, the process and stuff. So on this podcast, we every week we bring kind of like what we're listening to, what mm. what's what's fun to us or what inspired us musically or whatever. Um, do you find that in thinking about music that uh, in the process of the process of the Enneagram um, that it maybe would be helpful for any anyone to listen to a certain type of music if they think that they might be this or, you know what I mean? Mm. Like how, how music affects you subconsciously and are there any, have there been any studies on how music relates to the types and if there's any sort of more uh, music that can help a two or a six or whatever in trying to figure out like the best version of who they are. Right. Um, I, so I've not come across any, any studies that specifically address that. Um, I did recently read this book um, called um, The Enneagram of G. Agarjeev, and the subtitle is Mathematics, Meta- Metaphysics, Music, and Meaning. And it's only process teaching. There, there really is nothing in there about type and personality. Mm. And, and so, you know, if, if, if that is something that's interesting to you, I, I, I think there's, there's material out there. In terms of like, you know, do you put on, if you're an eight, you put on Rage Against the Machine and does that help you show up the best at work? Like, I, I don't know that that's sort of how this works. Um, but I will say this again, in these harmony triads, you'll see this, you'll see um, ones, fours and sevens frequently connecting, finding themselves in, in, in relationships and friendships and groups. And as a harmony triad, right, just like the, the, the twos, the fives and the eights, these rejection types, the ones, the fours, and the sevens are called the idealists. They're frustrated idealists. And, and why they respect each other is they respect each other's idealism. Why they connect so well with each other is they're on vacation from their own frustration, offering sympathy to the other. Mm. <laughs> Again, I see something happening here in the process. And I think you may see this with your children, right? They, they may be really naturally talented at music or art. And, and I think this is the playfulness of our seven coming forward. And, and so what happens with some parents is, they see their child sit down at a keyboard and play something, and they're just like, whoa, if I, I got some piano lessons there, and these, this child learned music theory, look what would happen to that raw talent, that, that, that natural ability. Well, a lot of folks who went to music class lost their love for it, but others learned to appreciate, hey, I have something here, and, and now I, I can put structure around it. 
And so from seven to one with that structure, if you can fall into that four and drop into your heart, this is the kind of person who plays something and now everybody's crying. Mm. And, and so I think there's another flow on that. If you can access that playfulness at seven, that, that the, the, the need for structure towards flourishing at one, and then pulling it all back into your heart and, and gifting it forward, I think whatever you're doing actually has, has an, an, a, a, another layer. There's something that's going to pop beyond that. And, uh, so that's, I, I mean, maybe that's one way of seeing it now. Look, I, I don't want to leave the three, six and the nines out, especially for you. This isn't all about us, Michelle. <laughs> oh, okay. Brandy. The threes, the six and the nines, they, you all find each other too. And, and actually like it, there's a real resonance when three, six and nines work together because you're pragmatists, you're the practical types, you're the attachment types. If it works, you're going to stick with it and stay with it. And so actually when you get three, six and nines on a team, look out. Like, <laughs> Do we know any sixes? Oh, I know so gonna, many sixes. <laughs> they're going to knock it out. And they together really create these unstoppable forces. So I know you're a seven, no, correct? Eight. No, oh, eight. eight. Oh, you're an yes, eight. Yes, I'm at social okay. eight with a seven wing. Oh, that's where I got the seven. So I just, I want to know, like, I, I'm just very interested in the kind of music people listen to. What are you listening oh. to? Like what? That's so funny. Oh man, we put. <laughs> this doesn't have to story. be a deep, a deep thing about your enneagram type. I just want to know what kind of music you are loving right now. That is so funny. I, I, I am not joking. When we're playing music here at Gravity, my my little nonprofit where I work, if if we have music on forty hours a week here in the office. 32 of those hours, it's likely that it's sleeping at last. <laughs> um, I love It's very cerebral. Work. It's really helpful for our sort of environment here. Um, and so I, I've, I've been on like a three-year, not skid, I've been on a three-year sleeping at last streak. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I really do love Ryan. Like he's, he's mm-hmm. brilliant. Oh, I brilliant. Think what Ryan's Absolutely. doing with his Enneagram songs is a fusion of the process system with the personality overlay. Mm-hmm. I think um, that's what won me over, honestly, yeah. because music is like my heart. And the the mm-hmm. fact that he was able to put the first one I listened to was the three, which um, mm. was mine. And I was I like cried. I'm still <laughs> waiting on that nine, Ryan. Just still waiting. <laughs> it's going to take him a minute. I know. I'm like, maybe like by February we'll get maybe, nine. Maybe. <laughs> Crossing my fingers. So sleeping at last. Any any specific um, song that you really just like gets you? No, that's so funny. I, you know, I used to like, it's, this is so funny. I, I, I feel like I, uh, the older and, and crustier and doughier <laughs> I get, the less interesting I am. Um, I used to like put together a, a top 40 singles list for every year. And I would post that on a blog and I would call it the Oompa Loompa Love Songs playlist. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and now I'm just like, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck on a, like I said, a three year sleeping at last. Well, that's okay. That's that's a good I, one to be on. I will say this. It's funny. I um, I didn't realize I was still a CD player in my car. And that oh, there was congratulations. Like, this is dusty. Yeah, and that there was a CD in it. And so oh. A few, a few days ago, I turned it on just to sort of like see what it was. And um, um, as one of, I, one of a, a dear friend of mine, and I just adore her, and she's recently become a mother, and she's a remarkable, remarkable mom. Um, as a as a lady named Christina Perry, oh, and uh, her song called "Human," I've just actually uh-huh. just been listening to that for four days in my car. 
centers throughout it hmm. in in a flow it's it, it's 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 really brilliant and i think this is what you see when you see art that actually accesses some of these innate sort of energies within us that we see replicated throughout the flow of the enneagram it lands really well and um and i think i i'm trying not to like any a nerd myself out on this song but i have been i just keep <laughs> you can't help well, it is she a four then <laughs> Yeah, she is. Okay, so it's it's like fours have this innate ability to put things that nines cannot put into words. And mm. so just the fact that like you get that from her song before she maybe even knew she was a four is incredible. And I love that so yeah, much. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. Do you find that you um like in out of the context of say like this, an interview, um, maybe if you're just like out with new friends or and they maybe don't even know anything about the Enneagram or care or anything. Do you like in your own mind just like type people because it's just like what you do? Oh, <laughs> and, man. Like you may not say it out loud, but you're just like trying yeah. to figure these people out. I try super duper hard not to um, just because as an eight, right? Like it's for eights, there's a lot of struggle to sort of be in control or when we're not in control, like we act out and we exert, I think unhealthy levels and amounts of control in relationships. And so, you know, this when eights aren't getting their way with the force of their presence, they, they do sometimes reach down to that five and, and, and they use that mental reductionism as another way mm. of controlling people. Mm -hmm. So if I know your Myers-Briggs and your strengths finders and your birth order and your temperament <laughs> and your Enneagram and what you studied and, all these things like, you know, in, in that, in that five energy, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're actually allowing any one of these fragments. And usually for a person, the most vulnerable relationship with they have of one of the fragments to lay claim to the whole of who they are. And then that's another way that eights try to control people. Hmm. So you got to keep your eyes on these eights, right? Oh man, I have, uh, I, I work with an eight, but he doesn't know he's an eight. 
And oh. so that's it's it's interesting because I see him go in and out of being super of being healthy and then unhealthy. Um, I don't I don't know exactly how like the flows of that works, but I just see tendencies that I'm like, yep, that's you being the negative eight of an eight. And I'm like, maybe I mistyped him because I'm a nine and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm just like, yeah. this is rough. It's rough to watch and see him. I've never, ever heard um, someone say that um, a neg- that one of the negative things of an eight or when they're trying to control, they go into the, the five, the cerebralness of it. And I've seen him do that. So I'm like, okay, he's an eight. Um, yeah, but just it's hard. Is it is it does it is it helpful for you to kind of like know each type so well that you can kind of um, figure out someone and then know how to talk with them? Well, it's it's I mean, it does help me tremendously in, in my relationships. Um, but the truth is, is I like I said, I, I really try not to type people. I mean, mm-hmm. look, I hate to say this, like. I, I can hardly not see energies and read type from people because our types are always showing. Right. But I, I want to not, I want to let people be who they are. Mm-hmm. And when we're acting out on a subconscious or unconscious level, we, we're, we're still disconnected from that self-awareness. And so I I really just have to let be what I, I sometimes see. Uh, it's hard though. You know this once you're, you 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 develop some fluency with the system and the teaching here. It, it shows up. You see it. Uh, what do you think uh, is the most loving, um, understanding way that you can um, kind of maybe bring someone on board to this idea without making it seem like you obviously don't know that you have this thing, you know, this six personality or whatever it is. I you know or you know without seeming arrogant or. Mm-hmm. Especially as an evangelist or, you know, like I wouldn't say I'm an evangelist, but I really believe that this is a thing that God, you know, placed in us um, that, you know, it is sacred. It is who we are and it's who we're made to be. And at our best, we can be really impactful human beings. But how can you how can you, like I said, like lovingly and with grace kind of show this to people to kind of bring them into the fold without it seeming like you're yeah. in some cult? <laughs> Um, I, I, I know this is hard too, because it's like, I, I love the teaching. I, I, I think it's, it, it's been one of the most profoundly impactful supports in my own personal and, and spiritual and, and social life. Um, I, like I said at the beginning, I, I do think it finds you right on time. And so I don't think you can sort of force this. And I think you see it, a lot of folks resisting and reacting against it if they feel like somebody's coming at them too strong. Mm-hmm. And that's because a lot of us want to stay asleep. It's okay. It's okay. I, I think the best way to, to share this is, is through embodiment, through doing your own inner work, through allowing this to lead to your own inner and personal transformation. And, and that makes you the most attractive version of yourself. And that I think and hope would inspire others to want to become the best versions of, of their selves. Um, and, and that's, I, I think, why, let's say this, you know, in the early 1970s, when Claudio Naranjo was tricking out um, the system into types, he was doing this in his backyard in, in Berkeley, California, between 1971 and 1973 with a bunch of graduate students. And he made them all sign contracts saying, you wouldn't teach this until Naranjo gave them permission. Mm. And that's because Naranjo realized this, as soon as you understand these nine personality styles, these nine energies, you're going to want to 
to share it with everybody. You're going to want to type everybody. You're want mm-hmm. you're going to want everybody to also work on it. And he's just like, look, you work on yourself, and you work on yourself until I think you've done enough work on yourself. That's mm-hmm. like telling someone you probably need to go see like a psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't it, ever come across well. <laughs> yeah, and it's like actually. Tell me about your relationship with your therapist. Right. How's that working out for you? And yeah, if it actually has worked out really f- well for you, that's that you're the brand ambassador for for finding a good psychotherapist. <laughs> so you but, talk about that story um, in your book, The Sacred Enneagram, with Claudia Naranjo making people sign these contracts, and then someone eventually broke the contract and told someone. And I guess here we are today. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but. I as upon when I read that, I it immediately um, it immediately gave me a, a source of like conflict within myself because I'm out telling everyone about this when I kind of don't know that much about it just yet. I wouldn't say that I'm a seasoned enneagram you know person. So I I like wonder is it like this this is a good question. It helps me understand like how to go about it and more so just embodying what I'm learning. Um, but at the same time, is it okay to tell people about it? And what do you think about that? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, that's part of, that's a lot of the work I'm doing right now myself. Um, my sense is we're, we're going to want to share these things that, that, that have the largest impact on our own sort of psycho spiritual somatic well-being. Um, like I said, though, my sense is we, we probably should only be sharing the things that we've done our own work with, the things that we've actually incorporated, internalized, embodied in our own lives. Mm. And um, and we see that. Like we, we see people who, um, who don't have, let's say, really great oral hygiene um, trying to tell us to floss, and you're just like, uh, mm. what's the inconsistency there, man? Um, <laughs> or, or people who, who, who maybe don't ever go to the fitness center trying to tell us the, the the benefits of exercise and you're just like they're not wrong yeah but it's hard to sense. sort of look at somebody mm-hmm. as let's say uh, an expert in a particular area where they're not doing their work on it that makes sense so, so gonna... i think for no, people who want to share this just get at it like get at it with yourself and let that really be the let basis your life for... be the yeah. <laughs> similar to the gospel just live it <laughs> live it there you go um so i'm just going to backtrack a minute and go back because um you know, this is a this is a design podcast and I am obsessed with color and I've been kind of I've run across very briefly um, people saying things about associating color with the Enneagram. And you you just kind of said the word color and it reminded me to ask you, like, are there associations um I'm huge into color psychology. What are are there associations with with the types and certain colors? And what is the color wheel of the Enneagram? And didn't you create that? Did you come up with that? Um, I I I don't know what I did or didn't come up with, but that <laughs> language color wheel is is um I'm I'm maybe I'm not the only one or the first one to ever say that, but I do see it as a color wheel. And and like I said, I see it as the numbers blending into the ones beside them in sort of a natural flow. And this is one of the reasons that this is not static. Um, when I do my workshops, actually, so I, I have a really great illustrator um, that I worked with for my book. And um, I just wanted her to try to come up with like sort of handcrafted, like 
not really cliche Da Vinci sketchbook style, mm-hmm. but less math and geometry mm-hmm. textbook drawings. And she did, and, and they're beautiful. But the thing is, is in the book, they, of course, are black ink, right. white paper. When I do my workshops, actually, I have a, a, about 180, 200 slides where she's actually colored them in, and, they're, and they are just remarkable. And what we, we, we did was we would always use red um, for, the, for the body types as, I think, a, uh, I think a good sort of impression of that as – sort of the most accessible emotion of the body types, which is anger, but also just in the body. Like the body mm-hmm. of the earth is sort of the molten lava that, that just sort of keeps life blood. coming forward. <laughs> yeah, and the lifeblood. Of course, then for the two series and the fours in the heart center, we, 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 we colored all of that in green, right? Because anything planted in our hearts, anything um, sort of nurtured in love can't help but bear fruit, right? There's a natural fecundancy there. Mm-hmm. And then those in the head, the, the five, six, and the sevens, we, we colored all that out blue, right? Mm-hmm. This is sort of a hat tip to the atmosphere, to the sky, to Consistency. Sort of, yes, and, and not looking down, right? But there is sort of an etherealness here, the head types, right? And this is, you've probably heard this before, right? They say that um, the sevens, the bottom of the sevens feet is the least wrinkled as, as sort of like this psychosomatic sort of hat tip to them walking on air. <laughs> so when you see these these slides and these illustrations at our workshops, there's sort of a watermark, an ink splot behind every Enneagram circle. And when we're talking about the body types, it's red. That It's sort of a washed out red. And it's green for the heart types. It's blue for the head types. And how she drew out the illustrations is gorgeous because even that arc on the circle is red, green, and blue. And I, I love to see that because when we do the workshops and, and I at least note to the people like, hey, if you're wanting to follow this and internalize this and you need to see the color or you want to know what the story that the color is telling as a way of also just remembering and knowing, people love it. Mm-hmm. So Funny you so should say that. Do. In my self-branding, my uh, primary color is green. Mm. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Gee, I wonder if that's a coincidence. I don't know. Mm. Um, and I love that the the two major things that are used are numbers and color because they're not judgmental. Like yeah. you you hear, oh, one is like the perfectionist type person, and you hear the nine is the peacemaker, and you on so on and so forth. And it's kind of like, well, those words it can be. I guess the only word is judgy. Yeah. The names are helpful as a rhetorical device of remembering what a type six is, if this is completely new to you, but you're right. I I don't use the names. I I think numbers and you're right. Colors are, these are neutral. Um, Do you think that it can be a fallback in a, in a, in a negative way to be like, well, I did that because I'm a three. I'm just, it's because I'm a three. Um, like, do you I, think that's a little bit, <laughs> I like using them as verbs. Ugh, I'm nining. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or I'm such an eight hole. Um, I, uh, oh my goodness. That's a new one. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I don't think it's like, look, I, here's the thing. I, I, I think it, when, when you see patterns in your life and you can understand why the pattern keeps showing up, it's not because, oh, Brenda, you're such a three. It's just because how are you not feeling seen in this Mm. instance? How is love not satisfying in this instance? Like what are you suffering in terms of the loss of your essence here? And when you see your threeness or your three 
habits or your three sort of patterns showing up again, if you can look at those with real compassion, then something alive. So it's all behind the intention behind saying that or not. That makes sense. That makes sense. So like, it's a bummer for threes because it's, they're not performers and, and they're not achievers. Like we all want to be successful nine different ways. Like I said, it's just, look, there was, there was an attaching to the heart of a nurturing caregiver for the three that felt like it worked. And, and that was a proxy for, for, for actually feeling your own heart. And, and because you relied on that heart, the nurturing care, not you, I'm saying three. Right, right. As um, a three. Yeah. As a three, because there was this tendency to rely on and attach to the heart of a nurturing caregiver for so long, the three started to not know how to connect to their own heart and not knowing how to connect to their own heart. Uh, three started to doubt their ability to, 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 to discern what love felt like. And, and so any kind of affirmation or tension is, is a pretty good substitute. And that's a driver then. It's a, it's a drive to feel and be loved, not to be successful. Hmm. So we have to, to, to really find compassion for, for how we've, we've gotten stuck and how we've stayed lost. And success, and success in their eyes, not necessarily what the world says. Right. Success as, as it's, it's a, like I said, it's, it's, it's a substitute, you know, and, and it's not even the success. It, it, it really is, is, is more about being seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why sometimes threes are, are fine putting themselves out there. Of course, threes also are super low key, right? They don't want to know. They don't want us to know how competitive they really are. They don't want us to know how <laughs> hard they are really working behind the scenes. And like I said, that sort of aggressive style there, the three isn't overly aggressive because there's a subtlety there. There's a dissimulating there, and that's why I, I really think of it as as an a kind of inception. It's it's brilliant. They're getting what they want, and they're putting a lot of they're efforting to get it. Um, but really, what they want simply is just like all of us to to be loved, right? They just feel like they have to get it in a different way than the other types do. Do you see some common types of um, some common types that end up working together and doing well together in the work field as, or in the creative field? Especially just, in the creative field, yeah, for our listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, so this is the thing. I, I really do think um, any sort of pairing of, of types is, is going to produce some gifts and some challenges. It, it's understanding what those gifts and challenges are going to be mm-hmm. and, and then actually harnessing the possibilities in them, right? And so... If you're a bunch of hard type folks, if, if you're two threes and fours on a team, you're actually, it's not that you're disadvantaged because you don't have head type or, or body type folks on the team. In fact, you have three different kinds of people who all have the same connect need for connection. They're just going to go about it differently. They're going to try to solve their problems differently. And, and so it's learning to see all of that as assets. Here's what even is a form of diversity in what seems to be some uniformity. And that's what's brilliant about the Enneagram. I, I recently did a workshop in Sarnia, Ontario, and the three guys that drove me from Ontario back to, to the airport in Detroit are business partners, and, and one's an eight, one's a nine, and one's a one, and they're just like, all right, how's this going to work out? And I was like, oh, this is going to work out perfectly. Like, you're, 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 you're three completely different hues on a spectrum, mm-hmm. on a similar arc on a color wheel that allows for there to be some natural affinities, some, some, some shared accents and, and cadences, but some real differences. So 
It's just finding those. And, and Enneagram has those. Like I said, you can, can look at the Harnabian groups, the harmonic groups, the intelligence centers, um, the harmony triads. Um, there's, there's so many ways of, of finding what the sort of texture of differences is, even in what seems to be similarities. So maybe as like a team leader um, for the creative directors out there that put together creative teams, um, if, if obviously these people, the people on their teams do know their Enneagram numbers, um, maybe it's beneficial for them to try to put together maybe what feels like would be the most effective team members in teams. Is that, is that like a thing? Well, it's just, I think it's just, it's just, it's just harnessing the, 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 the chemistry that's going to be effortless when mm-hmm. you can find that what, what the unique contributions are. So if you, if you have a four, um, and you, I mean, and in a three working together, um, you're, you're, you're going to have, a a lot more, let's say, uh, an emotional fluency of the texture of, of what it means to bring your heart into the work at point four than you would with a three. And you might have a little bit more of a drive at point three at point four. And, and if you can get these two folks together, it's like, look out, like that's an unstoppable force. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you'll see that there's an idealism at point four and there's a practical pragmatism at point three. That's going to be a real difference. You're, you're going to see that emotional intensity as a way of discharging frustration at point four, and you're going to see that rational competency and objective understanding at point three. And, and so all of these things, as different as they are, even though you're right there, you're right there beside each other, really create incredible sort of uh, – it's like you, you have a foundation to build off of because you can, you can share footing right there, the, that, let's say, corner of the circle. But, man, you pivot and you reach in two completely different areas mm. with – can cover really a lot more bases. Momentum. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. That is incredible. I love awesome. That. Well, I think we're probably running up against the limit of our time with you. It's gone by so fast. We could spend hours I know. just talking to you. So and- <laughs> is there anything else that, that you'd like to, to share that maybe we haven't hit on that you feel is like tugging at, at your heart that you would love for people to know or places they can go to, you know, find mm. like a starting point or, you know, anything, anything else that you'd like to share? Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't get paid to hustle for anyone. Um, but I will say this, I think what Ryan O'Neill's doing with his songs and especially for creatives and, and people who, who care about beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's, he's doing maybe some of the most important and compelling work out there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, find yourself in those songs. And if you listen to how he's making them, he's just a genius, right? The first half oh, of gosh. the song is always about the counterclockwise wing. The second half of the song is the clockwise ring. There's so much. I love the process. <laughs> the process is yeah. like that. That's how I got Brandy turned on to this. I'm like, you don't understand Ryan O'Neill's process. Well, I know <laughs> I knew about kind of his his um, process in creating music just as a general rule because I've been following him for some years. But when it came to this and because I put he is very much like me and how I put there is a why behind every single thing I put in a design and he mm. has a why and a really for these Enneagram songs like if you're a two every person playing music on that is a two it's like a two two something or the fact or, that the song was in four four for a four yeah. so mm. those kind of things I felt like I had this huge connection to him and that he then being able to listen to you guys talk together about how this works and why why is my other big word um excellence why and process are like my words Mm. and 
feeling that he has that same drive for excellence and making sure that he is only building people up through these songs and making sure that even though there is hurt, you know, that kind of helps frame us in some ways that it's about like just knowing who you are and understanding that better and finding that point of grace for yourself was just like, okay, I guess I'm in. I love it. I, 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 I'm, I'm always inspired. And honestly, like we've been working together a little bit on some of this for a couple of years and I'm still moved emotionally moved mm-hmm. even when I go back and listen to these songs. So he'll, um, hopefully, you know, he's a nine, like, yeah, <laughs> this is a funny little story. I probably shouldn't tell you this, but, um, when I was working on my book and he was, was getting started on his songs, I was like, Hey, we should like do some cross promotion. Like with, when the book releases and, yeah. and, and songs are out and he's like, Oh man, I'm going to be way past those songs by the time your book drops. No, nope. um, no, nope. it was one. Like, my book's been out over a year. It was just one. This guy. I so I so hope he's... you're you're prepared to talk about yourself. <laughs> I know you're about to have to talk about yourself a whole, or maybe uh, you already have. Maybe you uh, already no, have. It's going to be this. This I'm. A, I actually am a little worried about this. This type of stuff. <laughs> Don't be um, embrace who you are. <laughs> we'll yeah. be looking forward to hearing all about. The eight, and I will say, yeah, me too. Um, I will say that every single song that he has written um, has made me emotional. Like whether it be tear up or full on cry, four made me just cry. I can't even. Mm-hmm. I just felt all of. I feel them so deeply, and I think it might just it might, it might be because I'm a human, but also because nines understand that I was just like, I get that. Oh, yeah. I so get that. Um, yeah. So I, I agree with you. The work he's doing is just incredible. And the work that you're, you've put into it as well is just, we're just so thankful for it. So if you're not already aware from listening to multiple episodes of this podcast, go listen to the Sleeping at Last podcast with Ryan O'Neill. Um, he has he has episodes for, you know, a lot of new songs that he has coming out. But mm-hmm. specifically in this context, the Enneagram number songs. And they're literally just one, to yeah. two, three mm-hmm. so it's super easy to find start at the beginning if you if you don't know anything start at one is my my recommendation yeah, yeah they're great <laughs> all right well you two are fabulous thanks so much thank uh, you for spending for so having. much time with us this morning yeah you two are great this is really really great work that you're doing so keep at it thank, thank you. you appreciate it looking forward to talking to you again soon all right so that was part two of our interview with chris hewart's Lots and lots of great information. Um, Hopefully, uh, before I get back from San Francisco, I will have all of the show notes completely updated. And uh, there will be links to all the books that he talked about and websites and things so that you guys have the opportunity to check those things out. Also, I would like to say thank you again to Chris Hewitts for, you know, devoting so much time to talk to us and uh, really you know, educate us a little bit more in depth on uh, the types and what they mean and why they are very important to us as creatives, as professionals, and um, as people. You guys can find us at brandyc.com. All my podcasts, all my past blogs and YouTube uh, design tips are on there. If you guys want to find us, you can look for us on social media. I am at Brandy C, B-R-A-N-D-I-S-E-A. And if you guys are getting value out of this podcast, if 
anything that we have done has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. And we would love for you to share this podcast with a friend or with many friends, because um, that's what we're here for. We're here to help you guys uh, be better creatives, be better thinkers when it comes to creativity and motivation and inspiration. And we're here for you. So all that being said, another thanks to Colin of Vespertine for his awesome music. And um, I guess we will see you guys next week for our regularly scheduled program. Fade in a grim mystique, but we go home.